All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Doghouse Podcast. I'm here in Foster's, Alabama. Um, we bring in my co-host, Jimmy Rogers. Hey, guys, welcome back into the Doghouse. Glad everybody's here. Good to talk to you, Adam. Yeah, brother, man, it's always good. And we talk about it every day, but, you know, it, that's what best buds do, ain't it? That's right, man. That's um, how right. how's things in in Campbellsville, Kentucky? That's got to be a good town. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a uh, well. We we just finished up a flood. Uh, of course, we had ice and snow on for weeks, and then it went away. And then we got about five and a half inches of rain here the day before yesterday, and flooded everything out. But it's so hilly where I'm at that it's it's all gone. You know, it just washes down. It makes a mess and then moves on. No no major damage where I'm at, but. But we survived it. We're good. We're good, Jim. I'm, I'm excited about today. Um, we have a guest that means a lot to me. Um, he's actually one of my dog customers, but we became very good friends, and I look up to him, and he's motivation to me. His name is Ward Webb, and um, I can't wait to for everybody to hear his story. So, so good, and 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 I just can't wait. Yeah, you, you've told me a lot about him, and I'm I'm excited too, man. That's just that's one of those stories that everybody needs to hear, and I'm certainly glad we're getting to do it here. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited, very that's excited. Right. I never had a chance to meet him, so I'm, I'm excited because I get to hear it uh, with everybody else. This is this is going to be new for me too. So absolutely. So Ward, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I I sure thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You know, I I I tell you all the time that I tell people about you, and uh, I can't you know, really tell your story and nail it the way that, but I'm excited to people to hear it. And just, yes, you know, they don't not going to get the version of you that I get, but it'll get, get them close and, yes, sir. and to see it. So uh, thank you for coming on yeah, and, and being here with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, when we get kicked off, why don't you just start off, just tell us, just give us your background. I know that we tell, we ask everybody that that's the hardest thing to do is tell about yourself, but just, Kind of let everybody know who you are, where you're from, and how all this started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, I guess they kind of covered the first part. My name's Ward Webb from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, grew up in Birmingham, you know, kind of started hunting when I was, I guess, real young, probably four or five with my dad. And um, I am a double amputee. And, um, you know, living in Idaho now, um, doing some duck guiding stuff up there, even a little splash of fishing and uh work for some good folks up there at a place called the lodge of palisades creek and um man it's been a been a great experience uh so far um but yeah i guess we're kind of here to talk about turkeys a little bit so uh we're gonna get on the ducks too now okay. we, yeah, me yeah. and jimmy we're not you no know, esteemed turkey hunting and we want everybody to we're gonna talk about turkey hunting but we're gonna we know you're a duck killer at heart too you know yeah we try we try we do our best up <laughs> yeah. there and uh i i've seen your instagram i think it's more than a try y'all looks like you hit them pretty darn good yeah we had a had a really good year this year not a single complaint yeah and speaking yeah. of instagram we usually do it at the end but uh you know everybody go give ward a follow at uh ward web one ward web one um it's a it's a good follow and you know some of his lingo that these uh, him and Austin and them have on their posts, is, you know, it's kind of a language they have to themselves. <laughs> but I've kind of been able to pick it out a little bit. But it's funny. But you'll see a lot of good content and and 
and a part of the world that we don't get to experience very much. But we're going to get on that a little later, Ward. Um, so you you mentioned that you've been hunting for a long time. Yes, sir. And um, you've told me before, but you've killed a lamb of the turkeys in the state of Alabama for a uh, for a long time, I mean, several years in a row. Now, how old are you now, 25? I'm 24. 24. Yes, so yes, you've probably killed – do you remember? Um, I don't know an exact number. Right. But uh, I've been very, very fortunate. Spoken as a true turkey hunter, <laughs> Jimmy. You know, I, I knew we weren't going to get no answer on, on, yeah, on, we, we don't need, on we don't that. We don't need to keep – gps coordinates to where you're hunting yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey every turkey hunter i've ever asked if you're killing turkey this year and they kind of you know uh, automatically start lying you know oh yeah oh yeah you, need, you never get an answer so um, i had to get that out there but very accomplished turkey hunter and yeah. and duck hunting too but the story that i want to be told here is not necessarily we're going to get into the hunting, but Ward mentioned that he is a double amputee. He has prosthetic legs from just above your knee down, right, Ward? Uh, it's actually just below the just knee. Just below the knee. Yes, okay. Sir. Yes, sir. So um, I'll, I'll kind of start us off with a funny story. So you you brought your dog, Lima, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, would it be two years ago now? Two years, yes, two, sir. Just about to the day, yep. real close to it. Yes, sir. And Ward gets out, and it's cold, and he's got britches on. And he walks up, and um, we just have a conversation, and we we hit it off automatically. And you know, I, I knew just right away that you know we were gonna be we were gonna be good friends, and and at the end of the day. But the next time he came out, it had warmed up quite a bit. Ward had shorts on, and and he he never mentioned the fact that hey he had prostate legs to me, Jimmy, and uh, yeah. I kind of looked over there, and I was like. You know, and it kind of caught me off guard. Some weird snake chaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's in turkey season. And I, you know, weird snake chaps. But it kind of caught me off guard, and now we can laugh about it. But, Ward, um, you motivate me, just your story does, and the way I see you go about life, not necessarily the hunting, but life in general, when you have every reason in the world to not. So, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your story, the accident, and, yeah. you know, just whatever you're comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was four, and my buddy was six. And, you know, it was, you know, beginning of August. We were, uh, you know, just being kids, going and playing this little creek that was, you know, right by our house. And, um, something we had done a thousand times, didn't think anything of it. And, you know, here we go walking up the Creek and there was a, uh, down power line in a bush and my buddy Zach was, you know, just walking up the Creek and he had a little stick in his hand and doing what a kid does. He's, you know, whacking stuff with the stick or whatever. And, um, comes across that bush and the stick hits the power line and because we're standing in water it kills him instantly and got me as well and it uh entered my head and grounded itself at my feet 
and pretty much took my feet off. And um, my brother was with us as well. And for some reason, he didn't get in the water. If he'd have gotten in the water to help us, it would have electrocuted him as well. Right. Um, so, you know, he ran home and I think he got our babysitter at the time. And uh, pretty much he is the only reason that I'm alive. And uh, it it was a really, really bad deal. And that's that's a summarized version of the whole deal but right um yeah it's uh been a long recovery you know i would say i think it was right i've had right at 32 reconstructive surgeries um they they told me i would never walk or never run definitely wouldn't play any sports and um you know when i was getting fitted for my first prosthetics um, which I still have, and it's you know it's crazy how small they are. Right. Um, you know they were telling me the same thing: you'll never ride a bike, you'll never do this, you'll never do that. And I was just like, man, that's not me. And I got up and I I ran out on my prosthetics, which was a horrible idea considering that was the first time I'd ever worn them, and that <laughs> set me back a couple of weeks. But you know I feel like that kind of set the tone. Um for how I was going to handle this thing. Um, and it took a long time to kind of get back rolling. And, uh, you know, it's been a long journey, but I can confidently say that I have done the best I can and I'm going to continue to do that as long as I can. Right. And I believe that with all of my heart, um, that's quite the traumatic experience for a kid. I just could not imagine even going through that. Um, but as you move, I mean, and when you got your prostate legs and you got to start moving, what what motivated you to, you know, it almost sounds like it was just in you. Mm-hmm. But is there any particular thing that that motivated you more so than than others? You just, you can't look at a kid a young kid and say you know you're not going to be able to do this right and i guess i'm this might kind of be a bad trait but i'm kind of the type where if you tell me i can't do something i'm probably going to do it right or at least try to do it (laughs) um but uh yeah you know it's it was really just one of those things when they're saying you can't do this and you can't do that well it's like well hell yeah i can and i'm going to or I'm going to, you know, give it my best shot. And, right. Um, I can honestly say there's there's not many things that I can't do. Um, you know, off the top of my head, there's, there's really nothing that I can think of besides maybe a back squat because my ankles don't move. But <laughs> I can't say I'm too worried about doing back squats these days. Right. Yeah, that's, that's kind of over, you know. You yeah. No need to do a back yeah. squat. So, yeah. Um, Man, what a, what a story. That's, that's, uh, that's one of those that's, uh, that's hard to take at that age. Man. Of course, maybe at that age, that's what puts you in a position where you can move so, so far forward more than some guys if you would have been – 16 or 17, you know, or or older, you know, where you just grown up with it. But man, that's, that is tough. That is, that 
that is that is unreal. I'm actually and, uh, man, I'm really glad it happened then. I know that's kind of a weird thing to hear, um, but you're right. I feel like being that young helped tremendously because I don't really remember even having feet. Right. Um, so it's always just been, you know, Kevlar and car- carbon fiber, yeah. um, <laughs> which is, which is what they're actually made out of. Right. And um, I, I don't remember a whole lot before. I mean, before I was four years old, yeah. I've tried to think about putting myself in your shoes and see if I remember stuff like that, but I just don't. Yeah. Um, and it almost just probably became part of your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was, it was weird. And, you know, I think we talked about this a little earlier, but I don't remember a whole lot. Um, there was certain things that I can remember. You know, one of them was I had this little blue box of snakes, of little rubber snakes, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I remember <laughs> that super clearly. And you had it with you? I had it with me. Um, but past that, it's dark, I, yeah. I, you know, there's not much. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's crazy how that sticks out. But yeah. so, you know, as you got to coming up six, seven, eight years old becomes part of your life. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and did you just never miss a beat from that point on? Um, You know, I had to relearn to walk. Um, So that was obviously the first kind of stepping stone i guess we could say uh, right but past that it was you know hey mom i want to do this hey mom i want to do that and we didn't know if i could do it but we we're gonna find out um and you know you get to see all your buddies you know playing sports and you know running around in the yard and doing this and doing that and you know, like I said earlier, you can't look at a kid and say, no, you can't do that. Right. Um, so I would go and I would give it my best shot. And, um, you know, I'm glad I did. I, you know, as I grew up, I played just about every sport you can imagine. And, um, uh, you know, I guess I started playing rec league or little league football and, um, I was actually the kicker for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is kind of ironic, but yeah. Uh, so that was, I guess where that mentality of, you know, you can do what you put your mind to, I guess, started, you could say. Right. As cliche as that may be, that's really. Absolutely. The the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you are the epitome of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was two ways that I could have looked at it. And it, the first one being, I can just lay down and I can let this defeat me. Um, and the second one being, you know, strap your boots on and let's roll. That's right. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm just not the kind to just lay down and, um, I, I'm sure glad I'm that way. Oh, man, me too. And, you know, now we can talk about it and, and, and laugh about yeah. it. Speaking of boots, that reminded me one time you came out and you'd been turkey hunting and you had your snake chaps on or some boots on. It <laughs> mm-hmm. looked like snake chaps. And, or, or somebody mentioned that and you said, well, at least I don't have to, <laughs> to yeah. worry about snake, you know, snake. Oh, yeah. 
You, and, you take light in it now and oh, yeah. can laugh about it. No, and, and <laughs> these prosthetics have saved me from many a snake bite. <laughs> I'm serious as a heart attack about it, too. You know, I, the first time it ever happened, I, you know, I was on a buddy's place and, um, you know, here I was trying to slip up under this bird that I'd been fooling with for a couple of days and I stepped over this down log. And it was like a baseball bat hit me. And I knew exactly what it was. And it was this monster rattlesnake up under it. And it was kind of one of those things where it was like, well, I, it doesn't hurt, so I guess I'm okay. And, you know, he just, all he did was hit what would have been my calf. And I said, well, I guess I'll just keep going. But he's got a headache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a, yeah, there was a time when I was younger where, I wasn't really scared of a, a moccasin or a copperhead. Now, the rattlesnakes, a big one will get you on the thigh, so I didn't mess with them much. But a moccasin or a copperhead, man, I'd just step on them. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I ain't fooling with no snake. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, well, uh, let's uh, – man, I, I'm intrigued. I, I want to know about your uh, your hunting as far as, I, you know, the story is awesome. But, you know, going from – from having prosthetics and, or, you know, and then getting in the guide business. I was in the guide business for a long time and I know how, you know, how tough that is and how strong you got to be as far as, does that hinder you much as far as getting around, you know, in your waders and, no, not and really. things like that? No, um, it mud was and stuff like that. Really, it was just a learning curve of kind of how do I get these waders on first, which yeah. the answer to that is a Ziploc bag. I don't know why it just makes my prosthetics go in the waders better. And really, yeah, like a gallon Ziploc bag, gallon Ziploc bag, slide it over the foot yeah. of your prosthetic. Yep. Pop it right in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then, you know, like I said, growing up playing sports and stuff, I was balanced or I am balanced enough to where, you know, if I get my legs stuck in a hole or deep, thick mud or something it's not a huge deal um don't get me wrong i've taken my fair share of spills but no more than the next guy right than average yeah well yes, sir. yeah that, that's what i say you know just wading around and yeah of course i know you're you're out west guiding but i'm sure you've hunted arkansas and mississippi or yeah, wherever that, that those muddy fields man that's mm-hmm. uh that have to be tough. That's what I was kind of yeah. wondering the whole time you're telling that story, you know, as far as a duck guide, just getting around, you know, in that slick mud and things like that. But I guess if, you know, you've done it your whole life, it just becomes something you do. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's well, Jimmy, talk about that. Jimmy, okay. if you've seen him walk out through Yonder, he, you, you would never know it though. Yeah. I know, I know you never met him and been around him, but you know, if he was just walking down the street in a pair of long britches, you would never, ever guess that he had prosthetics he just he moves way smoother than i do he you know old fat butt waddling down through there <laughs> wards a lot smoother than i am walking down the street you know yeah so. yeah yeah well, let's uh we'll talk about uh if you don't care let's talk about how you got into god i'm excited to hear that to see um you know. so when i was in high school i started going out a lot i love to fish as well and um, started going out west to fly fish. And, uh, you know, we'd go, me and a buddy would go for, you know, 
a week or two at a time during the summers and you know whenever we could i guess and uh one day a year we would we would hire a guide and you know we fished with this guy for several years and you know just stayed in contact with him and um i actually ran a club in arkansas and then had my own little place down in mississippi and you know he would keep up with me and he saw we were killing some ducks and you know he just called me one day he said hey would you be interested in coming up here and um you know guiding duck hunts for us and i said well yeah absolutely um i was you know finishing up school at uh, alabama and didn't really know what I wanted to do yet. I, I still don't really know what I want to do yet, but uh, <laughs> I said, yeah, sure. Uh, let's give it a shot. So I packed up and, you know, moved out West to Idaho. And uh, just for reference, if, you know, y'all ever heard of Jackson hole. Yeah. Okay. So I live 30 minutes from Jackson hole. Okay. Just across the border. Um, yeah. And That's- the lodge is, I believe it is 67 miles from Jackson hole. So it's a little over an hour, um, right there on the South Fork of the snake river. And, um, yeah, I went up there and to this point, I hadn't looked back. It's been, it's been an awesome experience and, you know, super, super great folks up there. Right. And it's, yeah, I think you kill them on the, in the field, dry field a lot, a lot yes, like hunting in Canada. Yes, sir. We, uh, you know, we started hunting the river and, um, you know, it, it'll hold birds, but the dry fields are, are going to be where it's at. And I figured that out pretty early on. And, um, it, it has been, it's been special. It's been, it's been awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. you've told me some numbers that you, you don't want to share no numbers. Do you like, like the, the number that impressed me, you hunted how many days and, I think you caught a limit so many days. We hunted. I know loose lips sink ships, so I mean, I don't want to. Uh. We did 72 days roughly in Idaho this year, and we're right around 61 of them. We killed a limit of ducks. That's pretty wow. strong right there, and, <laughs> Jimbo. That's yeah. pretty strong, man. It, I, uh, I, I'm telling you, that's something that's hard to find anywhere in the world anymore. I mean, let's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah and it, you know, it was just one of those years. You know, it was like every every turn I took, there was you know X amount of mallards sitting in a field, and mm-hmm. um, you know we were lucky enough to get permission on most of them, and um, all of those obviously weren't weren't guided those seventy two, but even if right. we were doing buddy hunts or uh, you know whatever it Mr. was, Mr. Bill came was, out and hunted with you. Yeah, he did. He came out Your a dad. couple times and. Uh, my sister even got to, got to go on a hunt and kind of see what I've been doing up there. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really good year. It was, I you know, I don't know how we're going to top it. Yeah. Some, yeah. sometimes that just happens. You just, it's, you're not going to top it. Jimmy, have you ever had a year like that where oh. you really oh, got yeah. them? And... Yeah. Well, that's been what, four se- three or four seasons ago the 17 season in arkansas was like that for us we just hit the freeze everything was right you know uh 200 plus bird days out of our lodge you know and, and you're just not gonna get that very often you mm-hmm. know when we were you just uh, not not in arkansas yard now you may out there you know 
I hope you do. You know, I, I wish Idaho was closer to Kentucky is what I can <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs> yeah, Me no, and no. you be headed. We're going to be headed out there in the fall. I, I was going to say, I, I will hopefully, if everything works out, make, make my first trip. I know Adam's too. I will make our first trip to, to Idaho to run the Master National. Absolutely. Somebody asked me where it was in Idaho. I said, uh, I could probably point out Idaho on the map, and I can tell you one town, and that's boy. Yeah. Other, than that, I, I, <laughs> other than that, I don't know a thing. And potatoes, you know, I, I guess that's a big deal. Oh, yeah, lots of <laughs> potatoes. A lot of potatoes. Yeah. But, uh, and people don't think, you know, I've never thought about it. Idaho duck hunting before that just amazes me especially being a, a lifelong duck hunter and hearing somebody you know having a really successful guide service and and, and opportunity to kill out there I think that's amazing man that's just that's cool I, is there a lot of pressure is there people out there hunting I mean is there a good number of folks that are waterfowl hunting or is it pretty, there, pretty open, there's a good amount of folks that hunt um the difference between us and them is the scouting you know, we're, we're driving every day. We're looking every day. Um, and I'm, you know, super glad that we can do that. Um, because I feel like it kind of gives us the upper hand. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a good amount of hunters. It's, you know, it's not like Arkansas or, or Mississippi or anything like that, where every, you know, piece of water has got six guys sitting on it. Um, but yeah, a lot of scouting, um, and yeah, I would say there's a good amount of folks up there hunting. Yeah, so it's very similar to like, uh, well, very similar to Canada or Kansas, Nebraska style, where you're you're yes, you're sir. finding them in the fields, going back the next morning, getting permission, going back the next morning. Yes, sir. Set, Absolutely. Setting up now. Are you having opportunity on geese also, or just mostly yes, sir. ducks? Yes, sir. We kill yeah. uh, kill a bunch of geese. Um, this was this was just kind of one of those years, like I was saying a minute ago. Every time I came around a corner, there were ducks in the field. And, you, wow. know, you know, sometimes you'd get a good mix, like, um, you know, with Canada's <clears throat> and mallards. But more times than not, it was just a big black spot of mallards in the middle of the field. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to complain because I'd rather kill the ducks than the geese. Um, yeah. That uh, That is – it's pretty special watching them you know, a big wad of mallards come in and it's like, uh, you know, the first time my dad came up, he didn't come up my first year up there. Um, you know, for no reason, he just didn't. Well, I finally talked to him into coming up this year and we put him his first hunt up there. We, we knew it was going to be a banger and we threw him in this layout blind and, uh, first group of ducks that starts working, you know, it's probably, 60 greenhead or 60 mallards and uh they do one big swing and i'm talking about just tuck it well they get about 60 yards it's real windy so they're just you know floating in and i see my dad kind of start popping up and i was like get down you know kind of started yelling at him and he looked at me and his eyes were i mean as wide as i'd ever seen and i was like just wait just wait and you know like i said it was windy so they took their time kind of floating in and uh you know, they got about 10, 15 yards from him. I said, all right, y'all kill him. And they pulled up, and they did not kill a duck. <laughs> he, you know, he was going, they're, they're just too close, you know. I, uh, too, ex- too excited. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have experienced that in the timber in Arkansas, get a group working and, and, and drop get them to drop down in there with guys that are hunters, too. They, you know, probably like your daddy's hunted. He's been around that type of stuff, and then, 
I've had them, you know, peel off in there and have two or three guys that are hardcore turkey and deer hunters, maybe new duck hunters, whatever, come up and unload and literally not cut a feather. Yeah. You're like, what in the world are y'all doing? Yeah. Of course, they're so excited, man. Oh, yeah. People don't understand the rush of that. Yeah, I those mean. Bird, those wild birds get so close to you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the first time that I ever experienced that, it was it was kind of the same thing except, you know, I <laughs> I killed my ducks that day. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I was just going, oh, my gosh, what what just happened? You know, we we went up there and, you know, killed 49 mallards, and I think it was like 21 minutes or something like that. I mean, it was oh, wow. a mash. Um, yeah. So it's just a different ball game up there. It's like Paul Shirley says, they're trying to get in the blind with you. Yeah. Yeah, when, when you got them. When they come in there on you like that. Mm-hmm. I – Jimmy, we ought to uh, maybe schedule us a day or two reward while we out there fooling with them old dogs, yeah. you know. But we Sounds out like over it. here at the Marathon National. <laughs> Tyler still got three more series. <laughs> you reckon you can feed and air these, Tyler? We going down here to see Ward. Leave him about, about thirty to take care of. <laughs> uh, that sounds like mean, a pretty good idea, though, don't it? Oh heck yeah, man! Like I say, I, that's like that's an experience of a lifetime it sounds like to me on those kind of deals that's that's awesome if you get that number of ducks you know that close that regular that's that's solid i mean that's as good as anywhere especially in the united states yeah it uh yeah it's 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 special you know it's just one of those years um now, now Idaho, is that does fall in the central uh flyway right um or is that pacific it's it, not pacific one it's kind of a mix of both honestly you get birds from both Um, and you know, where we are in Idaho, you're not seeing, you know, huge groups of birds trading. Like you wouldn't know they were there unless you look for them, which is traffic. Yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, what kind of surprised me, uh, you know, as I was learning to scout that place and learning where to look at, you know, I would ride around in the mornings expecting to see ducks and you just wouldn't see much. And you know, once I figured out, well, they're they're hopping a mile or two, maybe, from where they're roosting to a feed. Uh, you know, then you kind of got to understand. Well, you know, if I can't find them flying, I got to find where they're roosting, or I got to, you know, find the field, the specific field that they're in. It's not like you can just go up there and, you know, oh, there's some ducks. Let's see what they do. Like you gotta you gotta kind of know uh, where to look and um that's that has helped a lot experience Uh, yeah just being up there and you know putting the truck hours in and uh you know finding where they want to roost finding where they want to low feed you know um so yeah it's lots and lots of truck hours and scouting yeah that you know that's work yeah absolutely work yes i mean success uh, very rarely is success not preceded by a lot of work Mm -hmm. and That's just how it goes. But you got a pretty good little hound to go get them things, yeah, don't you? She she had quite hey, a year. Uh, as humbly as I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, she go ahead, uh, go ahead, Adam. Get your plug. <laughs> <laughs> she she had a really, really good year this year. I think uh she picked up I can't remember the total number, but I keep uh I keep a track of it, I keep a log of it. We usually run, you know, two or three dogs, and I think she still picked up. It was like a thousand and 
like 40 or something like that. So she, yeah, she had a, had a good year. She got, uh, picked up her first few bands and, um, yeah, we had a, we had a big year. That'd make a bird dog out of one, one at Jim. Oh, that's what I was going to say, man. You get, you get up over three or 400 birds, you're game changing then. It don't take a season or two like that. If they're, if they're, if they're going to be good, that's, that'll do it right there. That's, that's right. That changes everything. And there's even a good little dog like Lima. There was growing pains at first. When oh yeah, oh yeah, it was it was tough, you know. And a lot of that I think was on my end, just because she's my first dog. You know, right. I, I never had any experience with that. And um, my first trip I ever took, you know, I still it still kind of confuses me. But the long and short of it is this bull moose came in to this little small water spread. We had some guys. I remember this, this bull moose came in and you know, he was very, very angry. It was in the middle of their rut. And, um, you know, I eventually ran him off, but the first duck that came in, you know, my guys killed it and it fell and it fell right where that moose was standing and Lima ran out there to retrieve it. She kind of got up next to it, and I guess she smelled that moose or something. I don't know what it is, but it scared her so bad she wouldn't even think about touching a duck. <laughs> so yeah, I you know I called you that afternoon, and yep. I was going probably ready to choke me. I was going, <laughs> what you know, what do I do? Um, but yeah, you know, and then after that, it was just you know figuring out you know kind of how she works and. I guess the same for her is figuring out how I work. Right. Um, because, you know, you're the, you're the one that's training her. You're putting all the the hours in, you know, taking care of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm just this kid that's, you know, well, I want my dog to go get ducks. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was a huge learning curve for me and her, um, you know, kind of figuring each other out and um, getting across, you know, crossing all the bridges that uh, – I guess came ahead of us. And you probably never would have imagined that there was that much to it, right? No. Going into it. Absolutely not. There's a lot more to it than just an old dog going to get a duck. Absolutely. There's a lot and of small intricacies it, that it, I matter. Would, honestly, last year, sure, you know, we kind of started to figure it out. And we kind of started to figure out, okay, I know that she's going to do this and, you know, whatever. But it wasn't really until this year where, you know, if I'm sending her on a long blind or something, I can say, okay, this is going to mess her up. You know, there's something out there that I know that she's going to lean to or lean away from or whatever it may be. And um, just from having, you know, all of that experience with her, you know, we've hunted, you know, a lot, Um, you know, in the past two years, that is really the only thing that, um, kind of helped me understood and there you know there were times when i came down and i just looked at you and i was like look man i don't know what i'm doing will you help me out here <laughs> right. and you you know you said yeah absolutely and you know we would do the best you can yeah absolutely and uh yeah it was just you know getting those hunts under our belt and you know figuring out how she works and her figuring out you know how i work i guess and um i'd say we got a pretty good little thing going now that's um, so and you know, we get to hunt with most of the time we're hunting, we're hunting with another dog named Oakley and she's a couple years older than Lima and she's a stud. I mean, she's, she's a 
show enough go get her and i think right. you actually talked to my buddy about her that's right mm-hmm. um so you know i've i've learned a lot from them and um yeah it was just you know watching and you know figuring out my dog and how she runs and yeah there's a lot to it we both we jimmy and i both have been down that road where you know people get dogs and they come out and they train and we try to tell them the best we can and teach them the best we can but at the end of the day we do it every day and Mm -hmm. we do stuff subconsciously sometimes that we don't even realize we do that we can't we don't relay to you yeah and i think on our our last podcast, Brooke called it good a uh, uh, playbook, having the playbook, you know, how to, <laughs> what, what thing. And that, that makes sense, you know, like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, just a phone call would fix, just like with y'all, would fix 90% of it, 95% of it, just knowing the right thing to do. Absolutely. And learning how to handle, you know, and there's always that one thing that comes up, you can't you try to get it all in when you're training, but you just can't get it all in until it's in live action, you know. All right. So it's March the 2nd. Correct. Is today the second? Yes, sir. Third, That's correct. Second, third. March the second, Ward. So, um, I know what's on your mind. Yeah. I know you well enough now to know that you wake up in the morning thinking about killing turkeys, yep. and you go to bed thinking about killing turkeys. I talked to Austin the other day, and he said Ward's already out in the woods. <laughs> I said, "What's Ward been up to?" And he said, "He walks around the damn woods all day <laughs> thinking about turkeys." So, pretty much, man. It's, um, yeah. I know you're excited, so. What you, what you thinking, man? What? Um, it's shaping up. You know, I think I think we're gonna have a good year. I've I've got a pretty pretty big year plan. Um, gonna kind of change it up here in Alabama. I think I'm gonna focus a lot more on public ground. Um, you know, that way, I well, I guess I should. I'm kind of to that point where. It means more to me now for a good friend of mine to kill a turkey like, you know, last year, for example, I got to call up uh, two of my buddies' first turkeys. And that right there meant more to me than, you know, me going out and just killing one. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if I go out by myself, there's a good chance that I'm going to kill one. And I'm not saying that I'm this turkey slayer or anything, but... um, you know, I've I figured it out, figured them out enough to know um, if I'm by myself, they're in trouble. <laughs> His ass is grass. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, gonna gonna try and focus on public ground a little more this year. Kind of save my my birds um, for buddies and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's. It's really just me trying to to push myself um, because the way I see it, man, if, if I can kill several turkeys on public ground in Alabama, I can kill them anywhere. Yeah, because um, it's way harder. Absolutely. Um, but like I said, got a big year planned um, heading to Mexico the end of April to finish up my Royal Slam uh, with a Goulds and then – in May, planning on doing South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. So, wow. Jimmy Rogers, you, do you hear this? I told you wow. he was mad at these birds, boy. I love wow. it, man. <laughs> yeah. 
I really do. Unreal. Um, hey, if you get one tied out down here in Alabama, you call me. But I ain't going to Oregon to kill one. You know. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Jimmy? No, no. Like I said, I got them in the, in the front yard out here. Most of the time, I won't mess with them. <laughs> no, uh, that's impressive. I, most waterfowl hunters are really into it. You know, it's kind of, I think with the dog training, we just don't have time. I think that's our biggest thing, but it, it is impressive. The amount of hunting you're getting in. Now, are you guiding any or just no, sir. pleasure hunting? Yes, sir. Just, just for fun. Um, awesome. Kind of, you know, between February and May, I just, I don't really have much to do. We're kind of in a dead period um, at the lodge, you know, before we start fishing again. And, um, it, it works out pretty nice for me because I kind of get the spring to, uh, you know, chase the turkeys around a little bit. Have, speaking of turkeys, um, Jim Ronquist was telling me the other day that they've started this thing called um, Turkeys for Tomorrow. Have you heard of that? I haven't. Have no, you not? Sir. I think it's kind of along – Jim could tell you more than I can, but it's kind of along the lines of the Wild Turkey Federation. Some, mm-hmm. it's, it's about the betterment of the wild turkeys. So. Mm-hmm. I thought about that and it just hit my mind. It might be something you want to look into. I know you, you're always into that. Yeah, absolutely. Habitat, and whatnot. But you know, going back to that public land, those birds are are more educated, <laughs> to say the least. Absolutely. And then I have a another good friend that that is a big turkey hunter, and he he told me one time that he hates educating them. Mm-hmm. He, he he hates the fact that he he got on a bird. And didn't get a chance to kill him. Yeah. And maybe taught that bird something. Yeah. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. That's, you know, I kind of, I kind of take the approach of, you know, I guess when I am calling a turkey, I try and get away with as little calling as I can. Right. And, you know, there's obviously there's going to be certain scenarios where you're, you're just going to have to call to them more. But, you know, most of the turkeys that I'm killing, I'm calling to them twice if three times um and that little oh yeah and i'm as far as volume goes i keep it to a minimum um if i can get him to answer me you know while i'm quiet on the call that's all i'm gonna give him you know if it's an old turkey you're gonna have to throw something else at him you know most times Mm -hmm. um but a three-year-old turkey you can kill most of them you know just being soft um and i i feel like by doing that you know you kind of keep the pressure off in a sense um just because you're not sitting there you know yanking on a box call at them Mm -hmm. um you know another thing like if you get up and it's not a good morning you go and listen you don't hear one gobble don't just take off through the woods because you were going to bump turkeys Right. And I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Don't educate uh, them. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to educate the turkeys, and that makes them a lot, a lot harder to kill. And see, and then a lot of good turkey hunters that I've talked to and picked their brains, they say that same type stuff, you know. Uh, I, the good the good ones I've been with or have talked to, they just don't run out in the woods and start making hoot owl noises. They let almost was like, they let the birds be themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And almost slip in there and be part of their world without them knowing it. Mm-hmm. 
hundred percent. And I guess that's kind of yeah, that's a, one way to approach it. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got somebody that's a bull in a china shop. Yep. And so. that you know that works for some people, and that's fine. That uh, that's not the way I do it, but you know, some people do that do it that way, and some people are really good at it. Right. So what, <clears throat> we're getting in. We're at forty five minutes, so we're gonna be here for a few more minutes. But I wanna. I got a question for you, and I hadn't even. Maybe I should have said what well, I'm gonna ask you this question. But why? Why are you so passionate about? Not necessarily just the turkeys, but why are you so passionate about the outdoors? Because you're 24, you could have mm-hmm. you could have probably gotten you a job and 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 be on with life, but mm-hmm. you are living life to its fullest right now. Yes, sir. Why the outdoors? Um, you know, I think all that kind of stems back to my accident. Uh, growing up you know, covered head to toe in scars, no legs. Uh, it was rough. It was really rough. Uh, got made fun of a lot. Um, and whenever I would go in the woods, that was it. You know, I didn't have to worry about, you know, going out in public and people staring and kids asking, you know, what was wrong with me? Because as a young kid, that's, it's uncomfortable. It's got to be hard. Yeah. You know, it's pretty rough. So I just started hunting a lot. And, you know, when you're out there, it's you and him. You know, you're trying to figure out how am I going to kill this turkey or how am I going to kill this deer or this duck or whatever it may be. And that's it. There's You don't have to worry about, you know, all the other stuff that's going on. It's uh, kind of a sense of peace, really. You can go out there and just enjoy nature. And as far as, as far as the turkey hunting stuff goes, there, there's a point every year where I'm just tired. You know, I'm running and gunning. I'm getting after him. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And, um, Austin or, you know, Mm -hmm. Austin Jordan, our buddy looked at me one day and he said, where do we only get so many sunrises? And I didn't really think of anything of it at the time. And then some time passed and I was like, dang, we don't get to do this forever. So with that being said, it's kind of one of those things where I want to be there as much as I can. Um, You know, even now it's, it's still a good release to, to be able to go out there and just, hunt right um you know like i said it's you and him and you got to figure out how you're going to get it done you know he he's not going to be there forever and neither are you yeah well that's 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 the answer i was looking for i mean i don't know what i was going after but you nailed it. you nailed that yeah. was jimmy that was gold wasn't it bud that's gold right there i mean it tells you where people are you know what they got going on in their life and what you know, some people don't understand, you know, we look at some people go like, why would you want to play golf every day? You know, or why would you want to ride horses or do whatever? But they, I think that some of them look at us the same way as why in the world would you want to go there and mess with a dog or chase a turkey? You know, uh, like you and I, like you and I said, we're not interested in going to Idaho or, or Washington state, kill a turkey, but we would drive to Idaho to run a dog, you know, and it's just something, I guess it gets in you. And then when it's there, you know, you got to, 
kind of keep feeding it. It's got to eat. Got to eat. That's right. That's what I told the yeah. guy yesterday. I said, uh, outside of my, my beautiful wife and beautiful girls, I'm passionate about two things, and killing ducks and teaching a dog to go get them. That's right. You know, that's, that's right. kind of what – it's kind of what drives yeah. us, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or what? Give us a like a ideal hunt, something you've done in the past, like one of your favorite hunts. Give us a story on one of your turkeys you've got on and how that worked out. I always like those turkey stories of ones that just about drive you nuts. I've hunted turkeys. I, I used to hunt them pretty hard. I haven't in a long time. But I, I tell people all the time, turkey hunt is either the easiest thing in the world. Or the hardest thing in the world. I've never yes, been sir. in between on turkeys. You know, I don't know if you've I'm, you've hunted more well, so much more than I have. Maybe you have, but you know, either you go out there, you sit down, you hit your pile a couple times, he runs in there, you shoot him. It's like anybody could do this. Yeah. And then and then you go, you know, you go two weeks in a row, and don't even hear one. Or, yeah. Or you yeah. get on them, they lock up on you, and it's yeah. like the most frustrating thing you've ever done. So, get a story about one working out the way you wanted it, and, and how you know I like that stuff. Um, to be honest with you, it was probably the first one i ever killed by myself um just because the first one you ever killed by yourself you know you never doubted yourself more you're you know can i do this am i good enough to do this and i'll never forget it i was uh we used to have this place and it had these huge pastures on it in a big hardwood bottom that ran through the middle of it and these turkeys were tough, man. They're just, there wasn't much you could do with them when they get in those fields. Um, well, I was out there one day and, and I sat down and I yelled one time and nothing happened. And, you know, I was kind of down on myself and I yelled again and this turkey just blows it out of the water. He gobbled so hard. And I was like, oh my God, he just answered me. And then I gave him a couple minutes, and I called at him again, and he gobbled again. He was a little closer, and I remember sitting there, and I was going, "There's no way that this turkey is gonna is going to come all the way to me. There's no way." You know, I gave him a few more minutes, called at him again, and he gobbles again, and he's a little closer. And then about you know a minute and a half later, I see his head stick up, and he's probably 150 yards. And I'm sitting there going, well, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, I could see him. I, you know, I don't want to spook him or whatever. I didn't know him better. I just laid it to him. You know, I just. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you laid it to him? I just. Nom, 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 oh, you, you just, just started got going crazy. Him. Yeah. Well, he go, he blows up in full strut and he's standing there. And he's walking to me. He's taking a step every minute and a half. I mean, he's going What's slow. Fun? Well, I have to watch this turkey for 30 minutes, walk full strut all the way to me. And I remember he got to probably 30 yards, and I had my gun on him. There's nothing between us and him, <laughs> just air. Yeah. And I was sitting there, and I was like, there's no way. There's no way. And I pulled the trigger, and he just dropped. And I was like, oh, my God, I did it. You know, I killed I killed a turkey by myself. I actually did it. And uh I called my dad and I said, dad, I kill one. And he, no, you know, he didn't believe me. And I walked out to the road. This was before I could drive. I walked out to the road and here he comes up over the hill and I've got the turkey fanned out in the middle of the road <laughs> so he can see me. And, uh, 
you know, he started honking the horn. He got out and gave me a big hug. And I don't know, it was, it was just a really cool experience, you know, being able to do it by myself the first time. And, um, you know, it actually worked because I couldn't tell you how many, how many days I went out prior and just, I just didn't know what I was doing. Messed it up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, and it finally came together and it was, it was the coolest thing. Yeah. And yeah. being a father and I can only imagine what the feeling your dad had at that moment, you know, being, th- been through everything that you guys had been through mm-hmm. and then get to that moment where you went out and killed that turkey by yourself. Oh, I yeah. can imagine Mr. Bill was just like glowing. Oh yeah. It was, it was a big day that, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, Tam, you know, we, we brought up Austin a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a good friend of ours. Oh yeah. I trained a dog for him and yeah. we're, he told me one time that y'all went to Kansas turkey hunting. <laughs> Jimmy, Austin is, he's not as big as I am as in pounds, but he's built more like me and not tall and slender. And he said he looked up, he was trying to follow Ward. He finally caught up with him. He said, Ward, just go ahead. I'm dying. He said, this sucker walked me to death, Adam. <laughs> Oh, uh, that, through the that, towel might the reason, that might be the reason you and I aren't big turkey hunters too, right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, and, and that's one reason I was like, there's something special about that war guy. There is something special about him. So yeah, Austin, he'll, he will be a good turkey hunter one day. He just, he just got into it. Um, the past, you know, two or three years, I think. And, you know, he's killing, He's killing a few consistently every year. Um, he's man. He's probably ahead of where I was when I first started. Right. Um, so he, he, yeah. I think he'll uh, he'll be a heck of a turkey hunter. Good, good. Um, Jimmy, let's. I are you are are you ready to? I got one question here for Ward, and I want to close with it. Yes. So where Ward? Where does Ward Webb go from now? Where do you go from now? You know what? What's your What's your plans in the future? You want to stay in the outdoor industry? Do you have any desire to, to, to continue life in the outdoor industry? What, what's your thoughts? I, um, you know, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy what I do and being able to go and hunt all these places and meet all these cool people. Um, you know, I, if the right opportunity came along, yeah, I would, I would enjoy that. I would like to stay in the outdoor industry. Right. I mean, I just, somebody with the passion that you have for it. I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine myself getting out of the, the dog industry and the outdoor mm-hmm. industry. And I just kind of see that in you. And I thought that might be your answer. Um, but wherever that road leads, man, you know, we're proud of you. I'm super proud of you. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to call you my friend. Yes, sir. And um, Jimmy, do you have anything else for Mr. Ward? No, man. I just want to tell him I appreciate everything he's talked to us about, sharing his story. It's an awesome story. I look forward to people hearing this, and and uh, man, really admire what you're doing, buddy. I, keep it up. And good luck on your turkeys this year, and uh, maybe we'll see you down the road tonight. I hope shooting ducks someday. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, if that's it, Jimbo, man, I appreciate everybody for for listening, and go give Ward a follow on the Insta face. 
<laughs> Anything else, Jim? No, sir. We're good. Y'all, you guys have a good day. Ward, thanks again. It's super nice meeting and talking to you. And uh, Adam, until next time, brother, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. That's right. Thanks, Ward. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. We out. Yes, sir.